T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mid-America's most trusted source for news. KMOX. At 5.03, it's a clear sky and 50 degrees downtown at the Arch. Today is Monday, January 9th. I'm Michael Calhoun. Our top local story, St. Charles police say a worker at the Cracker Barrel restaurant is lucky to be alive after confronting three young men trying to steal his car off the lot. It happened before the Cracker Barrel had opened. A worker getting ready to leave, warming up his car on the lot while he takes out the trash. That's when a gray Nissan pulls up. Somebody gets out and gets behind the wheel of the running car. He could, it could easily be a homicide. Um, people aren't just trying to steal cars anymore. When they're doing it or trying to break in cars or steal cars, they are more often times than not armed with guns. St. Charles Police Lieutenant Tom Wilkerson says the 52-year-old worker was shot in the elbow and buttocks. Police arrested three boys ages 14, 15, and 16 after the fleeing Nissan got a flat. Kevin Colleen, KMOX News. A presentation is about to get underway in University City by the Stormwater Commission. The purpose is to share their findings after July's floods that devastated at least 300 homes. University City Manager Gregory Rose expects some recommendations will be made to the council, but residents cannot ask questions. Many of those residents hoping for buyouts. So far, Rose says only 12 homes have been approved with another 12 under evaluation. Because the uh, president declared this a disaster area, University city as well as other cities in the region uh, were able to pursue a buyout program. Uh, we're still going through that process. Rose now. says FEMA and SEMA have been working with the University City to identify the areas most frequently flooded. Maria Aquino, KMOX News. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker was sworn into a second term today with ceremonies in Springfield. He spoke of the unique qualities of his state in his inaugural address. Illinois has always stood at the intersection of American ambition and human resilience. And that combination is what has made this the greatest state in the union. Governor Pritzker recounted accomplishments from his first term and expressed anticipation of soon signing legislation to ban the sale of assault-style weapons. It's virtual learning to begin the new year at Maplewood Richmond Heights Elementary School. A broken water pipe on Christmas Day left extensive damage and mold contamination throughout the school on Glades Avenue. Parents were told over the weekend air quality samples caused concern, so the return to class begins virtually. Water got into 19 classrooms along with some offices at MRH Elementary. The district says the gym floor will have to be replaced and damages are in excess of $100,000. Sean Michael Lyle, KMOX News. What does the St. Louis Police Union want out of the new police chief who started today? Business manager Joe Steiger says the department has a lot of needs. 
guns and new, new, new weapons, new training, new cars are all needed. But what's really needed is the bodies. We need the people on the streets. We're so shorthanded. Um, having three and four and five police officers in a district uh, during a shift is not adequate. The union says Tracy has a good reputation for working with police unions. They're hoping he'll be an ally with him to get the politicians to back pay increases for the officers to help with recruitment and retention. Some St. Louis City aldermen hang on to their ward money and have accumulated large sums. Alderman Joe Vaccaro says many road repair projects are the job of aldermen to address. So they may have to hold that money for one or two years or three years in order to get a major street done. Vaccaro says he's against turning road repair decisions and funding over to the city because it would put the mayor's office in charge of those decisions. If you don't like the way your alderman spends it, you should call him on the phone and say, hey, what are you doing with our money? Because technically... It's the neighborhood's money. Currently, aldermen get three to 400000 a year for their ward that can be spent on a number of different projects. We'll go in-depth on this coming up at 520. The Jefferson County Sheriff's Department is looking for alcohol drinkers starting tomorrow, and they're buying. The catch is, while you drink, you allow the officers to train with you on field sobriety tests. They'll make you do the, the breathalyzer. They would check and see what your BAC is. They track it on a big whiteboard. Grant Bissells, the public information coordinator with the Sheriff's Department, says no tax money is used to buy the alcohol. He also says they have way more volunteers than they need, and when the test is over, they provide transportation home. The KMOX business desk, St. Charles County voters will get to decide whether to pass a local sales tax for recreational marijuana under a plan before the county council tonight. County Executive Steve Elman says if the state can raise money off pot, so should the county. We got people smoking marijuana. And uh, they should be paying taxes the same way as the people who drink beer and whiskey. So I, I think it's only fair that uh, that there be a tax. Elman says the proposed 3% sales tax on recreational pot would raise money for general revenue and help to bolster the salaries of county employees. And as the news continues on Total Information PM... KMOX is covering breaking news. A U.S. attorney is reviewing classified documents from Joe Biden's vice presidency that have been found at a Biden think tank. Let's get more on this from CBS News correspondent Adriana Diaz. This is exclusive CBS News reporting. We have learned three sources have confirmed to us that classified documents were located at the Biden Center. Now, this is a think tank. It is a foreign policy research institute here in Washington. And what we have learned, we've asked the White House repeatedly for comment on this. We have learned late today from the White House that this was on November 2nd. This was uh, lawyers for President Biden were at the Biden Center clearing out office space because the president had some office space here in this building um, after his time as vice president. So they were clearing out office space and inside a locked closet, they located classified material. They recognized the classified markings. As soon as they did, they said that they stopped their work and they contacted the White House counsel's office. We are told it is a small number of documents, roughly 10. And at this point, we aren't Sure, we haven't been given information on the nature of the documents, how severe uh, or sensitive they are. Um, But even one document, extremely sensitive, could be problematic, of course. So then what happened from there, Mm -hmm. this information went through a chain. Mm -hmm. The lawyers contacted the White House Counsel's Office. The White House Counsel's Office, in turn, contacted the National Archive, where the documents should have been located. That's normal protocol. National Archive contacted the Department of Justice. We have learned that the Attorney General himself has tapped 
the U.S. attorney in Chicago, John Lausch, to take a look at this mm. situation, to review the documents. He came here to D.C. to do so and to also determine other factors, how they ended up at this location. Mm -hmm. He will then present his findings, findings to the attorney general. We know that he's already updated the attorney general recently, mm. but um, this review is close to its conclusion. Mm. Once it does conclude, once he's presented what he knows to the attorney general, the attorney general will then decide if further investigation is warranted, mm. be that an FBI investigation or possibly appointing a special counsel. That's CBS News correspondent Adriana Diaz. We do have the CBS Evening News coming up at 530. Covering St. Louis City Hall. Well, as we continue on Total Information PM, the conversation, the debate, you could say, continues over St. Louis City Ward Capital Funds. Uh, some people call them slush funds. Whatever the name, they are desperately needed to fill potholes and to replace trash dumpsters in the city. But should each alderman get to decide where and how to spend that money? Some don't even spend it at all. Uh, joining us now on KMOX is Charles Bryson, policy catalyst for TrailNet, which advocates for multimodal transportation in the St. Louis area, has its eye on the roads. Thanks for joining us, Charles. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. So first of all, get us up to speed. Uh, we heard from Alderman Joe Vaccaro this morning. There was a committee meeting last week about this issue. Uh, but when it comes to ward capital, get us up to speed on how the city does things. Uh, each ward gets uh, an equal amount of money, regardless of what their needs might be. True, and, and that's kind of the issue. Um, so to go back in time for decades now, the city has allocated ward capital or money from the one-half cent sales tax equally. What that has done literally is it's created an environment where uh, some wards and, and neighborhoods uh, receive a lot less money than is needed to do ward, to do street improvements, to do sidewalk improvements, to pay for dumpsters, to pay for lighting for their residents. And so that's a that's a situation that needs to be rectified. So, Charles, why not have the streets department say, all right, here's a list of all the roads that need fixing in the city. We've uh, prioritized them, and here's how much we need you to put into the budget for it. Uh, you know, how many dumpsters do we need? Here's the total. Here's the citywide cost. Why, why is the city running? It, it almost seems like each ward is its own city. Exactly true, Michael. Um, and that's what we need to do away with because it is impossible for the streets department to plan year after year for the needs of the, of the, the city. And it is especially important that it look at the inequity in how those resources are allocated. There are some wards and neighborhoods that need a lot less than the, I guess, $300,000 that was allocated this year, and there's some that need more. Um, and so to have this equal distribution creates an inequity. So for folks who do drive the city streets and, you know, have to avoid the potholes uh, and they're wondering, why isn't there a citywide plan for this? The, so you're saying there is, there's just really no, no mechanism for putting it into action? Well, I would say Mayor Jones, for the first time that I remember, has asked for a comprehensive citywide street study. And so doing that, then we'll put into play how we handle potholes, how we handle a wide variety of uh, street repairs and maintenance to look at Vision Zero, which advocates for uh, a no fatalities approach to street and road improvements. So all of this has to be looked at as a more comprehensive manner, not ward by ward or neighborhood by neighborhood. 
We're talking with Charles Bryson, policy catalyst for TrailNet. And when it comes to the streets and the safety, especially of pedestrians and cyclists on St. Louis City streets, which, you know, a lot of people move to the city because that's the kind of environment they want. They want to be able to walk to the corner store or ride their bicycle to work. Um, But right now, does this system kind of lead to maybe one kind of safety approach in one ward, but a different approach in a different ward so people could cross over a, a, a boundary and not even realize it and be in a different situation? Absolutely. And that includes also, by the way, uh, because there was a board bill that was passed last year, I believe, that advocated for a particular ward to have um, a certain speed limit, which is different than a ward surrounding you. So that's not only true of street and road maintenance and repair, but it also could be true of how many wards have the same uh, arterial uh, speed limit. And so, that, so, again, we need a comprehensive approach to our streets and our sidewalks, pedestrian, and, uh, and also uh, bicyclists, because you can go through the city and you may have difficulty navigating which streets bicyclists need to be on and not on because of poor planning. I always like to ask, uh, you know, take a look around and find out what best practices are in other places. Do you know how most other cities and counties and local jurisdictions, do they go kind of ward by ward, district by district, or are things kind of planned out on a city or countywide basis in most other places? As far as I know, in terms of cities, this is the only city that actually has uh, ward capital of any sort or any streets money distributed by the alderman versus by the streets department or transportation, or public works. This is the only one I know that does it. Now, three things to know. Number three. The Jefferson County Sheriff's Department is soliciting people to day drink until they're drunk. It's training that's gone on for years called a wet lab. So they're going to drink for two hours um, the beverage of their choice, and then they will go through the field sobriety test just as if they were pulled over uh, in a a real-world scenario. It's a training mission. Grant Bissell is the public information officer with the Sheriff's Department, says no tax money is used to buy the alcohol, and also says they have way more volunteers than they need. Number two. I'm Kevin Killeen. Gunfire on a St. Charles Cracker Barrel parking lot leaves a worker injured, shot in the elbow and buttocks. He interrupted three teens trying to steal his car. Young teen, says Police Lieutenant Tom Wilkinson. A 14, 15, and 16-year-old boy. The three were later caught near Earth City when their getaway car got a flat. Number one. To the surprise of many, Buffalo Bills' DeMar Hamlin has been released from his Cincinnati hospital and is now back in Buffalo. CNN medical contributor Dr. Lena Wen says there are three main reasons for this remarkable recovery for Hamlin, who just one week ago collapsed from a cardiac arrest on the playing field. One is that he got exceptional medical care. Two is that he was previously an extremely healthy individual. And third, and I think we cannot discount this, is that he had rapid resuscitation. Within seconds, he had an entire medical medical team come to his rescue. DeMar's doctors say it's still too soon to say whether he'll ever play football again. Fred Bottomer, KMOX News. 
The news continues on Total Information PM. The number of traffic deaths on U.S. roadways fell slightly during the first nine months of 2022, but pedestrian and cyclist deaths continued to rise. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration estimates that nearly 32,000 people were killed in crashes from January through September last year. That's down 0.2% from the same period of 2021. The agency also estimates that fatalities dropped slightly in the third quarter of the year, the second straight quarterly decline after seven quarters of year-over-year increases. Fatalities began to rise two years ago when roads were largely empty due to stay-at-home orders in many states with less traffic. Speeds increased, as did reckless and impaired driving, according to authorities. I'm Julie Walker. A pair of former NBA teammates are teaming up in St. Louis, but this time they're selling marijuana. Larry Hughes, who's from St. Louis and played at SLU, is joining Al Harrington to open a pair of dispensaries under the name Viola. One opens later this month on Olive, across from the new City Park Soccer Stadium. Another opens a week later on Iowa in Gravois Park. The two played together with the New York Knicks in 2009 and 10. Non-compete agreements aren't just for tech startups and media stars. More workers on the level of janitorial and fast food are being forced to sign them too, but the feds are considering a ban on the clauses. Sarah Miller of the American Economic Liberties Project. Non-competes are largely used to help employers keep wages low by limiting uh, the ability of their employees to leave and to negotiate for higher wages by leveraging other job opportunities. So the FTC has said that's clearly an unfair method of competition. Miller tells KMOX's The Show non-compete agreements have cost American workers about $300 billion in potential wages. More women than ever are in the workplace and running their households, and yet many still struggle with financial literacy. Wendy Hartman, president of Buckingham Strategic Wealth, says for women, it's often a time issue. Really saw that through the pandemic, that people were really taking that step back and investing in the time. So it's just really, it can be a really complex topic, and just so breaking it down to bite-sized pieces. And there's certainly a lot more access to information that we can read and study. Hartman is the first ever woman president at Buckingham. She says there are more women getting into the financial world, but in the senior levels, women are underrepresented at only 10 percent. Time for a whole nother story with Kevin Colleen. And tonight, Kevin visits with a former alderman getting ready to go to prison. We're talking in his home with Lewis Reed, the former president of the Board of Aldermen and frequent candidate for mayor in St. Louis, a household name in politics. And, Lewis, the days dwindle down to a precious few. How many days left? Uh, only a handful. Uh, you know, I have to report on the 12th. At, so prison? Yeah. I have to report on the 12th to the camp in, in, in Arkansas. And so many people can't imagine, and you couldn't before this happened to you, what is it like to be that guy who is saying his goodbyes to relatives and getting ready to walk through the gate? I guess at this point, uh, what's on my mind more than anything is, you know, my family, Uh, you know, and, you know, in your absence, you you worry about, uh, you know, your family and and, you know, how they're, they are going to work through those things, a lot of life's things without you, right? The 60-year-old Reed, who would be 64 when he gets out of prison, declined to talk about the case that he pled guilty to. He says his mind is set on getting through prison and getting back out with his family, and he feels, he said, that he's on the top of a roller coaster getting ready to go down the hill. 
First, I want to, you know, Kevin, I would just say thank you for all those supporters that have stopped me in the grocery stores and hugged me, uh, you know, stopped me walking down the street and said, hey, you know, we're praying for you. Seeing me in restaurants come up, tap me on the shoulder and, and, you know, say uh, and give me positive encouragement. I, I, I just cannot thank you enough. That's former St. Louis Board of Aldermen President Lewis Reed, who starts a four-year stretch in federal prison later this week after pleading guilty to taking bribes. With a whole other story, I'm Kevin Killeen. And if you miss anything on Total Information PM or on The Voice of St. Louis, and you have the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, you can rewind and share anything, including from the past hour of TIPM. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.